Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you happen to be around the world. That's actually going to be pretty significant for this edition of the Groovy Podcast, because we have three people here from literally all over the world. Uh, my name is Ken Cousin. I'm podcasting from Marlboro, Connecticut, as usual. I'm joined by, how about Sergio? Why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Sergio Elamo. I am uh, in Guadalajara. Spain, um, close to Madrid. And we, we also have along with us uh, Puneet. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Puneet, and I, I am joining from India, uh, you know, near Delhi, uh, city called Faridabad. So glad to be here again. So, what, what time zone is um, now? In, all of India is like uh, UTC plus 530, right? Right, yeah. GMT 530, I think. Uh, GMT. Something like, right, yeah. So what time is it there now, by the way? It's 7.40 p.m. Uh, on the, you know. But it's still on the 11th, right? Yeah, it's still on the 11th, right? Yeah, yeah. I always have I'm to like... check. Yeah, I mean, when I talked to Paul King a couple of weeks ago, you know, he, we crossed the international dateline. So he was able to assure me that everything would be okay the next morning. You know, that was good. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was watching that video, yeah. Um, really? You're the one. Yeah. Okay, very good. And uh, Sergio, I assume you're like uh, GMT, is it plus one in Guadalajara? Uh, yeah, it's GMT plus one. It's now uh, 3 p.m. 3 p.m. So Here on, three. Uh, on Sunday, just a, a couple of days ago, we switched to standard time. We went off of daylight savings. Yeah. So we're in Eastern Standard Time here. It is currently 10 minutes after 9 a.m. in uh, mm -hmm. this. So this was basically the best time we could find for everybody. And I appreciate Puneet, you giving up some of your evening for this. Uh, that's very kind of you. Any rate, the, the big topic that we want to talk about on this podcast is Grails 5, because Grails 5 was launched to great fanfare uh, a few weeks ago, right? Uh, along with, of course, uh, there was an update just recently on Grails 5.0.1. And for those who are not aware, uh, Puneet, Puneet Bell it, uh, is the is it actually official head of the Grails framework now at OCI? Yeah, yeah it's, he's uh, the, the development lead. Right, he's the Grails framework development lead. Grails, Grails framework development lead. Okay. Uh, so, Puneet, uh, tell us about uh, how things are going and how the release went and whatever you'd like to discuss about Grails. Yeah, the journey, I mean, the... Uh, the journey to the Grails 5 has been uh, long pending. I mean, like, you know, there was a bunch of things which came up in between. And uh, unfortunately, we have to delay it to this time. Otherwise, it would be much earlier. Uh, but uh, we are very excited that finally it is here. I mean, uh, you know, with uh, all these things, uh, Groovy and, you know, uh, Groovy 3, Gradle 7, and, you know, updating to the latest. Uh, Grails is basically, you know, sitting on the shoulders of giants and, uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, it's always, you know, uh, good, I mean, like, uh, uh, to be on, uh, you know, things like, uh, in fact, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more excited about, you know, the, I would say the major highlight is uh, Groovy 3. Mm -hmm. I mean, like with parrot parsing or, you know, uh, yeah, so. One thing that happens with frameworks like this, because you are resting on so many others like Spring and Hibernate and all of those, is that it's hard to keep up with the, the changes in those frameworks as well. Um, I've been looking forward to Grails 5 because in addition to Groovy 3, of course, it also upgraded to 
uh, Spring Boot 2.5, I believe, and, and that brings in Spring 5. something, whatever it might be. Three. 5.3, yeah. 5.3, and those are pretty darn current. I mean, that's that's pretty close to the current releases on those. Gradle 7, you mentioned, I think it's 7. maybe 2, something like that. 7.3 came out yesterday with the only significant change being they officially support Java 17 now. So what versions of Java does Grails run on at the moment? I mean, like, I... you. Yeah, the current Grails core projects are basically built with eight and you know compatible with uh, fourteen and sixteen. But it really depends on what version you know Groovy supports and mm. Spring supports and Gradle supports. So uh, it's basically a combination of all that. Uh, but uh, I think users uh, from from a recent feedback, I'm not very sure about it. But uh, some people are actually trying with uh, Java seventeen, and uh, uh, I'm I'm sure about sixteen. But uh, yeah. I mean, there were some issues and we've been fixing back and forth, uh, you know, with uh, Gradle 7.2. Uh, so, <clears throat> so yeah, uh, you could say uh, we are always catching up. Uh, as you said it very well. I mean, like we're always catching up to support the latest. So, uh, yeah. Well, I don't think yeah. you're going to have too many people bugging you about Java 17 support for a while. I mean, most of the things that have been added to Java since Java 8 have things that were already in Groovy anyway, you know, pretty much or effectively in Groovy. So that's an issue, but not a huge issue. What I find interesting, by the way, is the future. Spring, well, the, the VMware people the, have announced that the version of Spring, when they moved to 6 at the end of 2022, they're going to actually require Java 17. And I find that amazing. I mean, given the, the distribution of Java developers in the community, uh, I just, I wonder if that's either going to, if they're either going to back off of that or that people just won't upgrade or what have you. But the, I suppose you've got a whole year to deal with those issues then, right? So what, right. One I thing mean, about, like, the, about the JDK is, uh, so it's important, Grace 5 supports JDK 8 as well, which is very important for many users. Mm. So we are still supporting JDK 8 in Grace 5. Um, so that should be like a, a safe assumption that if you are like, a, I mean, I think it's fair to say that more or less everyone is at least in JDK 8. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So JDK version should not be like a problem to upgrade Grace version. Uh, and the JDK 17 issue. So uh, what they announced in VMware is that they have so they are going to support also Spring uh, the 2.5 branch for JDK 11, right? So right. I, I don't know. That's probably what we need camps, but I assume that Grails, at least Grails 6, will be based on that branch. Not well, in we've, the we've got plenty of time to worry about it. I mean, it, it, right. I, I know that uh, the statistics I've seen relatively recently <laughs> suggest that it was earlier this year the number of developers on Java 11 first time exceeded the number on Java 8. Mm -hmm. And I know everything works just fine with Groovy 3 and Spring and everything on Java 11. And yeah. I expect that to go on. I, when I, now, this is anecdotal, but most of the Java people I know are not planning to move to 17 unless they were on 8 and they may go directly to 17 because it's, again, a long-term support version. But I, I think we've got a long time before we're going to have a distribution that's not 
either eight or 11 out there in the marketplace. So what else is in, I mean, okay, let's, let's take a somewhat different tack then. Um, most people that I know, again, it's anecdotal. So tell me if I'm wrong, you have a lot more data than I do. Most people that I know working on Grails, um, there was an upgrade that went from Grails 2 to 3. That actually mm -hmm. did change things because, as I recall, that's when they adopted uh, Gradle as the build tool exclusively inside there. And that changed some of the project structure and everything. But then 3 to 4 was an easy upgrade, as I recall. And 4 to 5 sounds like it's mostly version numbers. So what, what would you say are that let's assume that we're talking to some people who have not really upgraded from two yet and certainly mm -hmm. not from three. What should they be expecting? So for, from two, um, so two was using Gantt, right? As a yeah, build right. system, as you said, in three, we started building with Gradle and two was not even using a Spring Boot, right? So Grace three applications are Spring Boot applications while Grace two applications, they were using a Spring as the dependency injection, but not a Spring Boot, right? Mm. So that's also like a major change uh, that was in Grace, um, uh, Grace 3 versus Grace 2. Uh, in Grace 4 versus Grace 3, the biggest thing is that uh, you can use Micronaut mm. uh, because Micronaut is set as the, the parent application context of the Spring uh, Boot context. Uh, and the major thing in uh, grades five, at least for me, is as Punit said, that you can use Groovy 3, right? right? So those are the biggest things. There are a couple of other things. Uh, do you agree with what you just said, Punit, or would you like to add anything yeah, else? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like the major highlight is Groovy 3, but uh, there are a lot of, you know, uh, other things as well, such as, you know, uh, you know, spring, there are new features in underlying spring and, uh, and the Gradle, you know, Gradle is a major update, you know, 7.2 as well. And, uh, yeah. and in fact, uh, we are actively working with the Gradle team uh, on a Gradle enterprise. Uh, you know, I think uh, it's been a while since we actually worked on touched, you know, the Gradle setup and in fact, the Gradle score builds and other projects. Is very old and it just works, and we never uh, get a good amount of time to actually look into that and work upon improving it. And now we are actively working towards it, and uh, I believe uh, there will be improvements in the Grail infrastructure. But at the same time, there will be improvements in the uh, projects or user applications as well. So yeah. So when when you mentioned infrastructure, it, as Sergio was pointing out, it. I think it was the change from three to four when a lot of the internal infrastructure, ado infrastructure adopted the Micronaut approach to uh, what I guess you call it ahead of time, um, depend compiling for the dependency injection parts. I mean, like, right, I yeah, I mean, like. Go ahead, Vatipuni. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, things like uh, configurations, properties in Micronaut, like we are taking a lot of advantage internally in the Grail score. Uh, as well, uh, you know, moving away from the configuration beans and creating Micronaut configuration properties such as data binding and, uh, 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 you know, things like that. Uh, so. so one thing that Puneet was saying uh, is that uh, one of the uh, uh, less sexy things about working open source is dealing with infrastructure and by the infrastructure, I think he means, so we used to build grades with Travis um, and Travis has gone a little bit uh, downhill 
Mm. Uh, we have moved, uh, I think we have moved more or less completely to GitHub Actions, right, Puneet? Yes. You've moved to which one? GitHub Actions uh, as a continuous integration server. So essentially, GitHub in the way, yeah. yeah, GitHub has a thing called GitHub Actions, which is essentially the competitor oh. to Jenkins. I'm sorry, uh, I'm just, my American difficulty with accents. GitHub Actions, you're saying, you're doing yeah. everything with that. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that much. Oh, I suppose you, I mean, I use GitHub Actions as well, but I, and I use their built-in infrastructure for building some projects, but I don't do anything anywhere near the scale of what you're working with. Are you using their CI server under the hood? Is that the idea? So we right. essentially, both in Microt and Grails, uh, mm. we, whenever you have a, a pull request or a mm. commit to master, uh, we like run all the tests. Uh, and when Punitz wants to trigger a release, uh, which is quite a complicated thing in, in Grails, uh, we do like a, a commit with a tag and that triggers a release with essentially publish. Another thing that Punit has changed is uh, we are not publishing now to Maven Central. We, we didn't used to do, right, Punit? Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So we so, still have yeah. the artifactory. So we still have the repo That's an artifactory still in in JFrog infrastructure, if I remember correctly, right? Please? Yes. Yes. That is. Uh, I mean, like uh, you know, uh, things with uh, JFrog going down. I mean, like all the Grails previous plugins were on JFrog, and uh, that ba basically you know distracted us uh, from getting Grails five out, and uh, we basically worked on migrating all the existing plugins and their releases uh, from uh, JFrog to uh, repo.grails, uh, which is a JFrog artifactory and other thing, but uh, yeah. Well, just, just to clarify for those people who are not aware, uh, who haven't heard about this uh, <laughs> recently, um, JFrog was providing an open source repository called, well, JCenter is how you refer to it inside a Gradle build Pinter file. Bintray as well. I mean, like, yeah, right. right. Yes, it was yeah. a Bintray. I, I have to admit, I'm one of those people who gets mixed up with the words Bintray and Artifactory and, you know, using them all interchangeably and everything. Uh, but at any rate, they had an open source repository, which was referred to as JCenter and Gradle Builds. And I mean, the product is still, of course, available, the, the Artifactory product. And, and JFrog went public earlier this year. So I know they're, they're doing fine but they decided to no longer be an alternative public repository to Maven Central, for example. And they tried to give the community approximately a year to adapt to this by saying, we're gonna keep this available, but you can no longer contribute new projects, et cetera. And this has had a fair amount of widespread impact on the open source community because from what I, now again, I didn't do a lot of this, so you'll have to tell me if I'm right or not on, on this. One of the benefits to J Center for a long time was it's supposedly much easier to publish to J Center than it was to M2 to, to Maven Central. Um, and a lot of I people think, did that. I think one, one thing, one thing which is I think maybe confusing to me is I mean, like, I think J Center is a different thing, and there is a Bintray UI which you know allows you to manage and publish the Grails plugins. I mean, like mm. Uh, yeah, that that is also went down uh, with you know J Center. I mean, uh, it was really easy to publish to Bintray, and then in Bintray there was like a checkbox which essentially will publish to J Center. So ah, make okay. your 
Right. So when you published um, to Bintre, you had like a URL that you could use like your company URL, but essentially they had like a one-click published to JCenter. So essentially many people, myself included, if you wanted to open source anything, you were publishing to Bintre. And then for Bintre, you were saying like, okay, yeah, publish to JCenter as well. And since JCenter was including everything in JCenter plus Maven Central, many people, mm -hmm. in fact, had only JCenter as their only repository in their projects. Right. Yeah? Because that's essentially like whether you need something from Maven Central or something that was essentially not in Maven Central was there, right? So we were yeah. a bit more affected in Grails because uh, we had like an, I think it was called like a kind of an organization in Bintray, hmm. where essentially like I all the plugins were there. I think one of the great feature, I mean, like which Bintray provider, I still like that. Uh, it's like, you know, it allow, you know, uh, non-organization members such as you, uh, anyone from the community can publish to coordinates org.grails.plugins. So, you know, uh, you don't have something like, you know, org.ken kind of, or, you know, for, for example, Maven Central, you need to have a domain or something uh. before you publish it. But but that feature of Bintry went away as well. And uh, it was a panic among, I think it was a panic among the community about how they're going to publish it because, uh, you know, it's, you know, we tried, I mean, like writing up a blog and everything, uh, documentation on how to publish to Maven Central, but it is still a bit of work versus, uh, you know, publishing to the Bintray where we had something inbuilt, uh, hosted from the Grails Gradle plugin, you know, where you just provide your configurations and it'll, voila, it up publishes to Bintray. So, the, I mean, if I think about it now, I mean, first of all, of course, they're going to do whatever they're going to do and, and relying on other people's infrastructure, this sort of thing is going to happen, you know, sooner or later. It's a good thing we still have Maven Central available. So as you say, there was a lot of adjustments because one of the best features of Grails is that it is a plug-in based architecture, that it, it has the basic functionality in it, but you could add so many more things using the plugin. So there was a big porting job moving everything over from uh, JCenter, I guess I'll just call it, to Maven Central, right? <laughs> Now, by the way, now, of course, I suppose if I had to do something like that starting now, I'd look at Andres Almire's uh, J-Releaser project, right, which is now is making it easy to publish to everything everywhere under all circumstances. Uh, that might be something to look at in the future in, in Grails. But I mean, obviously, it's, it's still early on that game. Um, so at any rate, that's one of the things. Now, uh, the other thing that's interesting about Grails from my point of view is that it's a trend, the pendulum is swinging back. For a long time, we had what they called monoliths, right? A single application that had everything in it. And then the pendulum kept swinging away from that toward what they, the architectural style known as microservices. And of course, Micronaut was designed with that in mind and is extremely good at that. And then of course, Grails is taking advantage of a lot of Micronaut advances, but it's still, quote, a monolith. Well, I want to tell you, I, I was talking to our friend Dirk Koenig relatively recently, about a month or two ago, and he has a wonderful term. Instead of calling them monoliths, by the way, he calls it integrated. Grails is an integrated solution. Doesn't that sound wonderful? I'm so, sorry, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, for, you know, now that, now that Sergio is the developer advocate here, you're you might want to grab that. You know? I will steal it for you. 
Yeah, well, it's it's Dirk. I mean, I'm I, I'm more than happy to give him credit for that. But that was inspired. I'm I'm going to use that term from now on. I'm going to say Grails is an integrated solution. But even so, you can almost see the pendulum swinging back because distributed coding is always hard anyway. And it's nice to have something where everything is all inside. What would you say is the use case for Grails as opposed to Micronaut, since you're both familiar with both? Uh, so, so just to with Micro, you can build monoliths as well, right? Mm, sure. So uh, we like to say that Micro is more like a foundation technology, and you can build. So we do we do have a lot of copy about microservices in the homepage, but you can build monoliths as well. Yeah. So where I would prefer, so still, Grails has some advantages. Um, so one advantage is, for example, uh, I'm copying your integrated solution. It has like all the pieces integrated. And uh, in terms of, for example, the localization of an application, that's perfectly integrated within Grails. So there is a convention there. You have like your message of those properties files. You have like a Spring Boot uh, message source. You have uh, access to localization things within GSPs. The um, rendering HTML on the server side, uh, I like a lot GSPs. So I am quite a fan of the convention in Grails. So I think that's uh, really productive in terms of if your application renders HTML on the server side, which I am quite fan of. Uh, I think Grails is a perfect fit for those kind of applications. So applications, uh, so in micro, typically you will do that with, uh, we support several template engines such as Timely for, Freemaker, Rocker, we support like several, but I still there is some kind of appeal on, on GSPs, at least for me, maybe it's because I am a bit biased for Groovy. Um, and then for me is the whole package, the whole uh, Groovy, Spock, Jeb combination. Right. That's really powerful. That's really productive. So uh, you can use those pieces in a Micronaut application as well, but there are some, there is some glue together there is some glue that basically makes them stick together in Grails a bit better, right? So in micro, you will have to like uh, create a little bit more those conventions in your application. Uh, and then there is the, the GORM. So you can use GORM in, uh -huh. in Micronaut. Um, but again, it is still, it is still really well integrated in Grails, right? So it's the whole ecosystem. I think Grails is still really, really uh, a really powerful framework for uh, teams which want to build such an application. So applications that do a lot of CRUD, a lot of create, read, update kind of applications. So applications that you need a lot of screens maybe because... So we, we see, for example, a lot of people are using Grails in universities. We see that a lot in education. So we, we saw, for example, I... I, I I work here with a government agents here in Spain. So people who needs a lot of like this kind of uh, application that have a lot of screens for doing like administrative tasks where they need to edit some information that is going to a database. So simple, more simple like MVC application where you have a database and a, an application running in a server. Uh, for those kinds of applications, it's, it works well. Um, so I think in terms of uh, the biggest problem, to be honest, is, um, at least in my opinion, is uh, we, we need to 
to keep people learning about Groovy because the biggest challenge when working with Grails is that there are few Groovy developers. So one of the things that is hard to argue against is that it's hard to hire a Groovy developer. So they are good developers, but they are they are rare to find. So that's the biggest uh, downside of of working with Grails. Uh, in my opinion, is that in going to the marketplace to hire developers is going to be more difficult. Uh, what we have always said, and I think that's true, is that uh, you can train a Java developer uh, easily to Groovy uh, because one of the nice things about Groovy, at least the thing that I like the most, is that Groovy doesn't try to replace Java. So it's, I always say it's more like a superset. Mm. So you can put like a Java developer with no a Groovy experience in a great application that they could be productive fast. Initially, they probably like see a lot of magic there, right? Because there are a lot of conventions in Grace that when you don't understand the conventions, they are like, um, seem like magic, to be honest, uh, when you first discover Grace. Uh, but that's the biggest challenge for me. Bonito, I, you want to add Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I want to add to it. I mean, like uh, SRQ initially said, you know, Micronaut is more kind of foundation kind of a thing. So, and uh, if you notice, right, you know, starting Grails 4 and 5, we are trying to integrate uh, with Micronaut, you know, uh, more and more and, you know, provide more documentation and support. And moving forward, I mean, like for Grails 6 as well, our, our you know, major focus would be around, you know, better integration with Micronaut. Uh, yeah. So you could think uh, it, it is, I think it is not, uh, you know, what what basically attracts me toward to towards rails is like you know convention over configuration and the you know time you spend to build something is actually you know not uh, configuring things and uh, you know it's just uh, you, you know you create some control of use and everything is you know uh, the whole uh, crud or you could say uh, a skeleton is already out there for you to follow best practices you know you create a controller there is a test for it so i would see a uh, future of rails you know uh, to to be you know shifting towards that you know uh, Use leveraging more and more uh, features from Micronaut. Uh, and of course, you cannot uh, build something like, you know, serverless, I don't know about right now, or uh, things uh, in Micronaut, which includes server, you know, uh, but, you know, things like Kafka client, uh, RabbitMQ, and you could uh, leverage all these things with uh, Grails and Micronaut integration. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, what Micronaut provides is like uh, ahead of time compilation and, you know, less memory footprint, fast out of times. So those uh, we can actually benefit in Grails as well. So uh, I would say uh, it is not very, uh, you know, I don't have anything specific right now to say, but uh, I would say it would be more of, you know, getting the benefits from, you know, providing all the things that Spring provides, Spring and Spring Boot, you know, you have a whole lot of things around that as well. At the same time, leveraging benefits from Micronaut as well, so it's like a better from the both sort of things. I don't know how long we can do that. I mean, like as you said, uh, Spring Six. I was actually uh, I was actually looking towards that as well. I mean, like it would be a big shift. Uh, you know, uh, if if you say the Java Seventeen would be the minimal Java support for Spring Six, and uh, but but we'll deal with that uh, when when it comes to that. Yeah. I mean, like uh, based on the community feedback and all that. But yeah, uh, I mean, like. That's, that's, I would say, it's like Micronaut is more kind of a foundation kind of thing. Maybe there would be something, you know, uh, uh, Grails would provide more features, you know, such as convention over configuration for Micronaut as well. I mean, like, there, I think there was some guy who actually worked on it. Uh, uh, it's, it goes by the name 
I, I'm not sure, but I think it's virtual dog bird. And he built something actually with the uh, grails and Micronaut and then where you could create, uh, you know, Micronaut controllers, using, you know, some same concept of uh, opinionated version of Micronaut, something like that. Well, I, um, I've always looked at grails and thought, if I want a view layer at all, you know, if I'm not just building a RESTful web service, then Grails is, is right there. Now, of course, Grails also exposes uh, a RESTful web service automatically as well. So you can access your data, the part that's exposed that way via, you know, JSON data served up over uh, a URL. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think, uh, well, I think, sir, you mentioned it, like, you know, Grails GSP, uh, right. that is one of the things. And there is also uh, views JSON. I mean, that is right. very interesting as well. If you have, you know, markup views and JSON views, that is also very powerful. Uh, so actually, fact, we... I'm sorry, go ahead. That, that, that's one of the things I was thinking, by the way, is that, you know, for the people who haven't been in Grails for a while, I mean, GSPs have been around from the beginning of Grails, you know, Groovy server pages. But the JSON views, I think, was part that was added around three. And that really lets you customize your JSON data in case you are providing a RESTful web service. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, and also the plan is right now, you know, the GSP is uh, part of Grails code. Mm. And uh, moving forward, we are trying to make it more modular so that, you know, mm. Grails is not just this. You can, so that you can leverage GSPs in the Micronaut side as well. I mean, like, you know, uh, I think there is already something uh, with the GOM, I mean, like you can use uh, GOM with Micronaut, right? Sergio, please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, you can so, use GOM with Micronaut, no problem. Right. So, um, so yeah, it's it would be you would see more of Grails in Micronaut. It's not just you know you. It's yeah. It really comes down to what you want to build. I mean, like uh, a CLI application, I would choose Micronaut. Uh, uh, but yeah, it, it's always funny to me when I talk to people about say Spring Data. You know, and I show them with Spring Data, look, all these methods are generated for you automatically and they're all dazzled. And then I put in another method following the naming convention. And inwardly, I'm I'm almost weeping, saying like Gorm does all of this and tons more. And it's been there for 10 years now. <laughs> and again, the, the battle is getting people to learn Groovy just so they can see how much can be done for you to make your life simpler. I think GORM is one of the great selling points of, uh, of Grails, especially because Hibernate itself can get so involved with the, the individual sessions and the, the relationships and everything. And GORM makes that so much more straightforward and so much easier and and uses even the you know again the the, the ruby on rails people who like active records so much gorm you know gorm is like yeah sure we have all these methods right on the domain class we can do that too yeah i so i think it's fair to say that the great success is in part thanks to gorm so i think uh, without gorm there will be the success that grace has had during these years because it truly was like magical to work with Hibernate uh, with Gorm. Um, you were asking before like uh, changes from someone coming to two to five. Uh, one thing that you will see is that um, Hibernate and the whole transaction demarcation thing is a bit more strict now. Mm. So you have to be more like careful about uh, annotating things with a transactional, a treat only. Um, so we I'm have, sorry, for what, example, what were those annotations again? Say it again, please. A transactional, 
Oh, at transactional, read, right, right. That's right. Services only. services are no longer at transactional by default, right? You have to say yeah. at transactional. Yeah, and we have, for okay. example, I think in, I think it was three one when we disable. So, for example, you cannot longer uh, auto wire a service in a domain class. Uh, so that was, for example, that's a, a big change if you are migrating from two to five, for example. So there are a couple of big things. Um, as you said, GORM has a lot of history, so you can do. Uh, so I, I, I taught a, a great course like a couple of months ago. And when you start with GORM, you have like dynamic finders, then you have criteria, then you have HQL, you have where queries. Now we have GORM data services. So there are like seven things in GORM to do the same thing, right? Uh, if you are if you are writing any any new line of code. I will encourage you to try GORM data services oh, because okay. they are essentially the same, uh, the same idea as if you are using a Spring data repository or a Micronaut data repository. So it's like an interface that at compilation times it's generated for you. So that's available in GORM as well. Um, and that was, I, I think that was part of uh, Grace three, I think it was in a point release of Grace 3, if I remember correctly. I think it was yes. Grace, GORM 7, probably, right? Yes, GORM 7, right. I think 3.3 yeah. uh, comes with GORM 7. Uh, and I think, uh, but, but, I, but I don't know, I may be wrong, but uh, I think uh, you would still use hype, uh, HQL, you know, where you have complex query, which you cannot achieve mm. through uh, data services and, you know, criteria. So you, you don't use HQL directly, you use JPAQL. I right, think right, in yeah, the annotation. Right, yeah. JPA, right, right, yeah. Yeah, right. But, Which of course um, is now all Jakarta API instead of Java yeah. API now. <laughs> so, oh, oh my like, goodness, yeah. you know, you have to keep up without all that stuff too. All right, uh, let me uh, move away from the base technology, mention a couple <laughs> of other major topics. Like one of the things that's changed over the past couple of years has been the establishment of the Grails Foundation, right? So can you mention a little bit about that as well? I think, uh, yeah, I think we we set up Grails Foundation uh, uh, in order to, you know, promote Grails and uh, and uh, decide, you know, in what direction we want uh, Grails to go forward. Uh, and uh, this includes, uh, uh, you know, people from like uh, Graham Roche and James uh, and uh, uh, I, I don't remember the name. I think uh, David, David Estes. Uh, uh, the, the guy who behind the asset pipeline plugin. So uh, we met every quarterly to discuss, you know, uh, what's going on and about ideas and, you know, in what direction we want to move forward. Uh, and uh, I think there is a link uh, where we also add meeting minutes uh, of these, uh, you know, foundation tab meetings, uh, technology mm -hmm. advisory board, we call it. And uh, I can share it right now with you. Hold on. Well, we'll, we'll definitely add it to the show notes then. Um, right, yeah. Thank yeah, you very yeah. much for that. Now, uh, yes, very good. Now, I should also mention, I suppose, that we, we mentioned this on the last Groovy podcast with Paul, but then again, I don't really assume anybody listens to that. Uh, so I'll mention it again, is that our good friend Sergio here is now officially a developer advocate for the it's 2GM, right? Ruby, Grails, Micronaut. Um, yeah. yeah, so what, what does that, first of all, congratulations. Secondly, what does that entail? What, what's the new job uh, involved? 
Um, so I, I saw, I heard your podcast last one. Oh, you're the one. Uh, okay, good, good. Yeah. Um, so we're essentially kind of um, spreading the word about the technologies. Um, uh, so what we have done so far is, um, I think both frameworks, Micronaut and Grails, uh, are really mature now that we can, you can build really cool applications. And I think that one important part that is missing is telling people that they can do that and explaining why they can be productive with these technologies, because at the end of the day, the people want to build things. Um, and we are going to do several things uh, to spread the word. Um, we have uh, started a podcast um, to rival with this one. Yeah. No, yeah, good luck with that. You know, I, some people, nobody I know, but some people give you a hard time when the podcast doesn't come out as often as they expect it to. Yeah. Just, just to let you know. Yeah, some people are. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to I that. Think, I got to tell you. But go ahead. I think that's <laughs> a good thing. I mean, <laughs> so at any rate, it's called the Micronaut Podcast, though, right? Yeah, it's called the Micronaut Podcast. Yeah, uh, where is where is that hosted? Just out of curiosity, there is the perfect domain, micronautpodcast.com. So impossible oh. to forget. Mycodpodcast.com will get you there. Uh, we are going to release an episode every two weeks. Uh, and you say that now, but okay, go ahead. It's essentially going to be uh, <laughs> me plus someone else. Uh, so it's uh, I did one with Ivan Lopez. Uh, I did one with James Clee. And I will record soon another one with uh, Graham Roche. So... Um, if you are uh, or you're interested or in in listening to like around half an hour uh, about Micronaut uh, every two weeks, that's a good uh, podcast to subscribe. Uh, another thing that we have done is um, uh, we have created a dedicated Micronaut YouTube channel. Mm. Um, so if you go to the to Micronaut.io, um, hopefully there should be a link. Um, the, in the bottom of the page, there's like a footer uh, and there's like a YouTube icon. You should find a link to the ah. YouTube channel there. Um, and we have moved, we, ha we already had a lot of Micronaut content on the object computing channel. So we have moved a lot of content there. So there are like already like a, a lot of videos. Mm. Uh, and we are publishing there webinars we are publishing there um so you know that more or less every couple of months we do like a, a webinar with i don't know like we have done a native us webinar a gcp uh what's new in micro two what's new in micro three these kind of webinars right so you will find this those uh, and another thing that you will find is um uh, we have started uh, streaming in twitch uh, every tuesday Oh. And Thursday, so actually we are recording this at 3 p.m. At uh, uh, half past five, I will be streaming live in the oh, micro really? Twitch channel. Uh, what we are doing is we are building uh, a micro application from scratch. And uh, the application that we are building uh, is an application to essentially the kind of backend that you will use to uh, capture newsletter subscribers. So I know that you have like a, a newsletter uh, for those who don't know, Ken has a newsletter called uh, Taste of the Yard Side, uh, where he writes like um, 
Bible long uh, <laughs> essays every week. So, no, actually, he's he's a really nice writer, Ken, but he has like a newsletter that I think it's fair to say that you write quite long essays. Uh, would you agree with me, right? I, oh, I do tend to hit the limit when they tell me every... I, I, I never know what I'm going to say every week. And then somehow when I'm writing it, Substack starts to warn me that I'm about to hit the email limit and I'm like, Oh, great. You know? Um, but yeah, it's just whatever I happen to be. It's a company newsletter for a one person company. So it's, it's always surprises to me that I have subscribers at all, but it is free and will continue to be so forever. I, I do see, I, by the way, I really like your Micronaut podcast homepage that that looks really nice and easy to subscribe to and everything. Uh, I notice you've got that, that whole session on integration with Grawl. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Grawl, takes care of startup issues, but it doesn't make the request serve any faster, right? I mean, that's just out of curiosity. I, I, I guess I should listen to the podcast to hear Yvonne talk about it. So you have the same application running in JIT and you have the same application running with as a native image. Uh, so in theory, and I mean, they are trying to improve that, but uh, you will get uh, for the you will get optimizations made by JIT in the hot points of your application, right? Mm. So in theory, it will be even faster per request without GraalVM native image. Than I mean, I've, VM native. I've seen talks on trying to get Groovy to work with Graal, and it's it's a lot of hoops to jump through, as I recall. Yeah. So we officially don't support Groovy, Micronaut, and GraalVM together. Ah, so okay. if you want to use GraalVM, we told you to use uh, Java or the other language that starts with a K. <laughs> yeah, that, that other language, whatever that happens yeah. to be, right? <laughs> so uh, we essentially, um, so GraalVM is many things, right? So it's not just, uh, so when we, you typically talk about GraalVM, you refer as the GraalVM native image, but there is like a, a GraalVM JDK, right? Right, right, right. So in theory, the GraalVM JDK, they have like the community edition, the enterprise edition. Right. The enterprise edition will be faster than typically the, the open source JDK, right? Yeah. Uh, but if you are thinking about GraalVM native image, which is I've, more or less what we are all excited about, uh, GraalVM native image in Micronode is it's exciting for any kind of application deployment. But especially excited if you have requirements such as a serverless function, where you essentially you are not going to have that running, so you need that to be fast on the first request. Right. Uh, and in this scenario, it's perfect. Or if you have like microservices that really need to start and stop fast, right? Or actually, um, you probably save money because a grand, running a gravity native image is going to be cheaper than running like a fat jar because the memory requirements are going to be lower, right? So there are the scenarios. Uh, it's really exciting. We have, uh, as you know, uh, Graham Roche is working in Oracle, and we have many of the team uh, working in Oracle as well. Many of the core development team of Micron working in Oracle. Uh, so, it feels so weird, but yes. <laughs> and they are in the same department than the GraalVM team, right? So this Oracle Labs has both the the GraalVM department and um, the Micronaut team there. Is, so, I mean, I think it's safe to say that if you are thinking about using GraalVM, Micronaut is, has to be a, a great fit for that, right? 
Okay. Well, yeah. um, I mean, that's great. I, I didn't mean to get off on that tangent too much. I, I should mention, by the way, with the Grail stuff again, um, Puneet, I know you did a lot of work on those Grails guides, right? I mean, you, you put together many of those or you were part of the team to put together many of those. Is that right? I think, uh, honestly, I, I did not work much on the Grails guide. I'm planning oh. to work on uh, setting it up, but uh, yeah, I'm part of the team and uh, you know, I think Nirav and Sergio are the guys who actually worked on the guides. You oh, know, have more okay. experience with the Grails guide. But yeah, we anyway, have, we, should, we, have... we should play them up anyway. I mean, they're really, really useful. Give me a, give me a second, uh, Ken. So we have news yeah. also about Grace Guides. So we have been upgrading the demo ready to Grace 5. Um, oh. So I feel actually Nero, uh, is, who is another uh, member of the 2GM team here at OCI, uh, he has done uh, most of the heavy lifting. Uh, and I have been helping also reviewing emerging. So we already have uh, many already uh, updated to Grace 5. Um, and most of them, they were already in Grace 4. Uh, so I can give you more or less what the upgrade uh, meant for many of those guides. Uh, for many of those guys, uh, one thing that uh, Punit has done, which is nice, is uh, so we have a Grace Gradle plugin. Mm. And typically, that plugin version was coupled with the Grace version. And now it's decoupled. So we recommend you to have, like, when you create a new Grace application now, with Grace 501, you will yeah. see that in your Gradle properties, you're going to have Grace version and you're going to have Grails Gradle plugin version. And the Grails Gradle plugin version is not going to evolve as much as the Grace version, right? Because it's more stable. So essentially what that means is uh, you're going to have one property more in your Gradle properties file. Uh, what it meant for us upgrading the guides is we upgraded to GOM 7.1 we upgrade to uh, Grace uh, 501 uh, views. Uh, there is like a new version of views 211, I think is the latest, Puni. Mm. Yes. Um, Hibernate was also upgraded. We are using 557, I think. Um, okay. And what else did we have to do? Uh, we are using JEP in many guides. So we, and we are using this Gradle plugin from Marcin. Uh, which is the WebDriver binaries plugin, and we had to upgrade some of the uh, Chrome versions and the Gecko version, which is the Firefox uh, WebDriver oh. plugin. Um, and that's more or less what we have to do. Oh, another thing that we did is, um, and I encourage everyone to do is, uh, we have, uh, so the REST client builder, which was the HTTP client that you will typically use in Grace applications, especially in testing. Right, right. Uh, that was deprecated, and we are recommending anyone to use the Microsoft HTTP client. Uh, I see so there's a I see there's a brand new guide specifically. Well, brand new. That's it's actually a couple of years old, but it's Grails with Micronaut HTTP client guide sitting right there on the latest page. There. Yeah, that's about using the HTTP client as your HTTP client, like for your main class path. Oh, but oh, a, oh. A, a, a typical use case of the Microsoft HTTP client is you have like a uh, an integration test under source uh, source integration test mm -hmm. uh, Groovy and the, the typical one that you annotate with that integration that starts the Grace application. Uh, check the guides because we have many examples how to inject essentially a Microsoft HTTP client and point it to the Grace application. Um, and the Microsoft HTTP client honestly is 
uh, much nicer to work with than the rest client builder. So I don't expect any problems uh, to migrate from REST client builder to my HTTP client. Uh, in fact, um, so many of you have many, maybe have, I have, for example, for some clients, we were like using OK HTTP client, which is pretty common on the Android world. Right, right. Plus Mossy to do the binding, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And essentially, when you use the micro HTTP client, you just need one dependency because the micro HTTP client. So if you have worked with Mossy, you know that it's sometimes a bit complicated, like to bind, for example, to a JSON array. It's right. a, a bit weird, the syntax. In micro HTTP client, you essentially have like when you work with the micro HTTP client, you work with two methods, more or less mm. retrieve or exchange. Uh, and this you essentially supply two parameters to those methods. One is the HTTP request, and the other one is the the type uh, for which you want the HTTP body to be bounded to. And you can bind, for example, to a JSON array with something like argument dot list of uh, and a class type. So it's really easy. Just uh, this is probably not the best conversation for a podcast, but uh, <laughs> just uh, I want to convey that uh, if you have like a bunch of uh, REST client builder code and uh, you are feeling anxiety because you have to migrate to micro HTTP client, it's really easy. And we have plenty of examples in the in guides.grades.org. So yeah. Right. The, for the by the way, I didn't mention those guides are linked directly to the grails.org homepage. You just have to click on it. It's all at guides.grails.org. It's the, the homepage for the guides specifically, but there's a link right on the Grails uh, homepage. Um, I, I should mention, by the way, that's another nice feature of Grails is that they have profiles that let you work with many of the major JavaScript MVC frameworks, Angular, React, Vue, et cetera, that all treat the backend as a RESTful web service and, and parse the JSON data and everything inside a JavaScript layer inside there as well. So that's that's also convenient. I, I find that when I when I talk to uh, younger developers or maybe less experienced developers, if they've only been in the community for say 10 years or less, they don't even think about view layers. They all think about RESTful web services. Everything is, the backend is just producing and consuming JSON data. And when I talk about a view layer, they're like, "What's what is this? What's this template engine? What is it? They don't know what they're talking about. So it, it's funny how, of course, you know, those of us who've been in the field a bit longer have, again, seen the pendulum swing all the way over where it used to be all view layers and now it's it's a rest. And of course, it's nice that Grails can do both. Okay. Yep. Now, is there, um, I think that covered most of the things on my list. Is there anything else you wanted to, to bring up or wanted to discuss either of you? Uh, uh, we lost no, no. your audio there for a second. I think you're muted. Uh, I'm sorry, I was on mute. Yeah. yeah. So I think uh, with Grails five, I think Sergio mentioned most of it, but a few few more things, you know, such as uh, uh, you may remember that there was a provided scope uh, in Grails four. I mean, like uh, for in your build file, right? Yeah. yeah. So that went away. Uh, it was actually uh, after Gradle three point five or something. It was actually just the name. It was. Uh, basically, an API, if you say in terms of Gradle 7 or a compile, if you say in terms of Gradle 5. But yeah, so basically, you would have to uh, move away from provided uh, because that has been removed. Uh, that was provided through some Gradle extra configuration plugin. Yeah, Gradle has, has a been... different different um, configuration for that now. I forget what they call it. I mean, there's a compile only, but there's there's something else too, right? 
Yeah, I mean, like if if you have your older projects and you have that, if you want to have the same behavior, you might want to switch to API because provided anyways after Gradle three point five was doing uh, API only and. Uh, but yeah, uh, you you might want to rethink about you know if, if with compile only if you want it, but it is a bit different. But mm-hmm. with the WAR plugin, you know you could have provided compile uh, the the Gradle WAR plugin provide two new scopes which you could leverage. Uh, you know, uh, provided okay. runtime and provided compile. So, but okay. that provided scope has been removed. I mean, and uh, yeah, there have been some changes around uh, configuration. I mean, like you know things like a.b.c. Uh, you may not want to do that anymore, and instead you could say config.get property a.b.c, and you could specify the type. Uh, basically, the reason behind it is uh, uh, earlier, you know, that we were ma- maintaining configuration in memory mm-hmm. uh, in a Grails application. And basically, when you say a.b.c, we create a navigable map, which has a key named a.b.c, a key named a.b, and a key named a, and then all the permutation and combinations of it uh, to be able to provide a navigable map. Uh, and we are basically moving away from it. And maybe in Grails 6 or something, uh, uh, this will improve the performance in terms of it maintaining configuration in memory, and you know. So uh, there, there are more, uh, more uh, things in terms of these uh, these changes uh, for from improvement. I mean, like metadata and yeah, things like that. Very good, Sergio. Was there anything else you wanted to mention? No, I would say encourage people to try to upgrade to Grace Five. Um, I upgraded a client application that they have. It's an easy upgrade. Uh, you shouldn't find any uh, major hiccups. If you find any problem, uh, create an issue in the in the GitHub repository. Uh, remember, everyone, that we have a, a Slack community as well. Right, I was uh, waiting. That it's not a dedicated Grail Slack. It's a groovy Slack, right, with a Grails channel, or is there also a Grail Slack? No, no, it is a Grails Slack. Grail Slack. There are like well. there is a Grails Slack and a groovy Slack. So I am a, a bit overwhelmed by how many Slack communities there are uh, because it's, I have to have like uh, I, I struggle a little bit with uh, instant communication, to be honest. Oh yeah, I but, found it. That's right, and yeah, there's so many of those. Every everybody yeah. is way too many, right? So it's a I bit. Mean, uh, it's a bit tough to keep up, but it's a nice place to hang up if you are like using Grace. Um, and yeah, we keep listening to the Groovy podcast, keep using Groovy. Um, <laughs> we use Groovy. Uh, so I spend most of my time uh, uh, working with Groovy and Java nowadays. Uh, so uh, the micro framework is tested with Groovy in every module. Hmm. So we have a lot, a lot of Groovy code. Uh, I have been happily living in the Groovy 3 world for a long time because we have been using Groovy 3 for a long time in Micron. Um, so if, uh, yeah, one of the nice things, for example, is you can use the Java Streams API uh, as if you were like writing Java, no need to use like a Lambda or things like that. Hmm. So if uh, just for being able like to use Java features, uh, fully compatible. Uh, try with the resources works. Not that I use it much, but it works. Um, so there are like uh, it's like almost like uh, how it felt to use Groovy like uh, when Java it was here like it was like parity right that you were like not missing things from Java. Uh, Groovy things for me feels the same way. So if you are like um, 
if you can upgrade to Grace 5, don't hesitate because a Groovy 3 is, is nice. Uh, then yeah, finally, think, oh, sorry, go ahead, Puneet. I mean, like one, one important thing I, I noticed while working on Grace 5 and, you know, all the sub-projects such as GOMS and other uh, migrating to Groovy 3 is now that Groovy is a bit more strict in terms of compiled static. I mean, like, you know, you may see some warnings around it uh, and some errors, but uh, those are good things. And if you have basic things, you may not see anything, but, you know, for complex scenarios, uh, you know, Groovy is more stricter than before. Mm. Uh, you know, you will see more compile time errors versus earlier. And uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, uh, I would love to hear more about people migrating to Grails 5. Uh, I know, I know you have one project you're planning to work on, migrating from um, Grails 2 point something to 5, right? I'm hoping I, it's a it's a, a company that that may be migrating and they're in the middle of an end of year crunch. So if I have anything like that, it'll probably start early next year. But it I really hope this sort of thing happens. I, I've always been very fond of both Groovy and Grails, and and I really do hope that we see a resurgence in interest in both of those. Um, and it could happen. You know, it, it, it's not an unusual thing in this field for the pendulum to start swinging back again. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you have any upcoming conferences, either online or in person or anything like that coming up uh, anywhere you're going to be speaking or any topics you want to talk about? Uh, to be honest, no. This year has been a little tough on me and, uh, I'm, you know, my availability is uh, kind of a very on and off kind of a thing. And I don't know what happened to me. And uh, uh, my immune system has been very weak. And Oh, my condolences. I yeah. I mean, like I just had the COVID and then I had dengue and then I don't know what next. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping that the, the vaccines become more and more available and and more and more effective. I mean, uh, I, I've been getting everything I could possibly get. I've gotten both shots and a booster, you know, so uh, I, I'm still not really traveling yet, but I'm expecting that there will be, I mean, I believe we're, we're expecting a, a uh, uh, the, the uh, summit next week, next year, the, what am I thinking, the, the name of the summit, um, uh, the the one in Copenhagen every year. One my I'm just blanking on it automatically. Yeah, great comp. Yeah, great, yeah, great comp. Exactly. So that yeah. I expect that that will happen sometime in the I guess early late spring, early summer. As usual, they don't have dates yet. How about Greech? Is there any chance of a Greech next year as well? No news. I would get it. No news yet. Okay. So awkward question. Good. <laughs> All right. Well, I, in the meantime, I really appreciate both of you taking the time to, to be on the podcast. As, as with everything, scheduling is always an adventure, especially with three people rather than two. So that's uh, very kind of you. And especially when we've got, what is it, 14 different time zones, you know, a, a span of 14 time zones represented here. Uh, so that's great. And you know, I wish you definitely the best in, in what you're doing. And, and Sergio, I'm, I'm glad you are going to wind up with this massive commitment for the future for <laughs> your own I, Micronaut I podcast think, as well. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. Sergio, it's really fun. I think uh, for me, I think Sergio has been doing this job for a long time before he gets this title. I yeah. mean, like, uh, you know, he had this Ruby calamary and, you know, he's been very active in the community. Regarding blogs and you know uh, updates and news. Wait, Groovy so, Calamari, yeah. what's that? I don't remember that at all. That's, com I mean, that's coming back. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I am, I am writing the backend now in Micro Life. Uh, so if you tune into Twitch.tv uh, slash Micro, 
uh, FW uh, every Tuesday and Thursday. Yeah, that's something uh, we definitely don't have. It's, it's a Twitch channel for Grails. We're gonna have to come up with something there, Puneet, right? <laughs> for the Groovy Podcast. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, no. thank you. Oh, sorry. Anything else or or all no, set? No. All set. All set. I think, uh, okay. I, just just for uh, for for the wrap up. I mean, like uh, for the Grails users or the community. Uh, I mean, like there are a lot of exciting things coming in Grails, uh, you know, uh, five and and you know upcoming releases. I mean, like we've been working on uh, updating the database migration plugin to use the latest Liquid Base and oh. updating Spring Security to use the latest version of Spring Security. Very good. And uh, improvements to the Grails CLI. There will be a brand new thing for Grails CLI and uh, you know guides infrastructure. Yeah, go ahead, please. That reminds me, by the way, I had to use the Grails C uh, CLI because I was having difficulty with IntelliJ IDEA integration. And then you saw when they released the latest version of IntelliJ IDEA Ultimate, they fixed all that. And, and now uh, I'm back to being able to use the full IntelliJ functionality for Grails. Right, yeah, I, I think I, I reported an issue in the JetBrains regarding the same and uh, they recently fixed it. I, I moved, I think that is an EAP release or something. Yes, it's right. Uh, but but I still see you know some of the checkboxes uh, disabled uh, or you know mm -hmm. some, something confusing. I I didn't get a chance to dig into it. But I think when you build application from IntelliJ, I think uh, the web uh, you know web application has GSP checkbox disabled and unchecked. I I, uh, I wonder why is that? I mean, uh, I do I remember mean, that, yeah. and that's that's part of the 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 project builder itself. The good news though, however, is that. The Grail CLI worked beautifully the whole time. That was very easy to do anything I needed to do from the command line, and then the project would just refresh. and And of course, all the Groovy support's still in there, and and everything. So right. I, I'm glad, and I hope that gets fixed even better in the future. But uh, the message that I want to give to people is, Grails is still active. It's still growing. It's still powerful. It's not you know uh, old school. It's it's still very uh, current and around and give it another look. And, and I think you'll be very pleased with, with what you see. And if you don't, you can always fall back and use Micronaut, right? <laughs> Sorry. And, and I think, just I, use and I think, one. <laughs> and I think, uh, good. Sergio. No, no, I just, <laughs> and, and uh, just, just, I don't have any specific statistics, uh, but recently I've been see, seeing much noise in the grades community. I mean, a lot of people trying out, it's five and you know yeah. uh you know support request and uh, activity in the community grills slack channel especially and uh yeah so i think uh, more and more people are trying out grills now uh, versus uh, the past few months uh yeah so grills yeah. five is definitely something yeah and maybe it is here you know the last uh, thing i want to to convey ahead. is um so grace three is now end of life ah. so at, by the end of september so just to wrap up the podcast, this has to be as a wake-up call to everyone who is still using Grace 2 or Grace 3. It's time to upgrade. Um, uh, it should be as easy to... So uh, Grace 3 to Grace 5, honestly, is a really easy upgrade. And uh, Grace 2 to Grace 5 is more complicated. Uh, partially because, I mean, the, the technologies are the huge. It's a huge change in the underlying technologies. Uh, and also it's like, you are going to see that what Punis said, like the group is more strict. Uh, uh, but but it's a very, strict. 
Sure, but it's a very friendly community. There's a lot of people out there to help you. I mean, very friendly, I'll, I'll say, you know, present company accepted, maybe. But <laughs> in general, uh, you'll be able to get all the help you need. And there's a lot of enthusiasm. And that's what I always liked best about both the Groovy and the Grails community. And I'll include Micronaut in that, even though I, I'm not as... Uh, involved in that side of the community yet i mean it's, it's probably time to ramp up there but um but yes it's it's very welcoming to newcomers and to beginners and to anyone who has not spent a lot of time in these areas uh feel free to join the slack channel feel free to ask questions wherever you like and and we'll do our best to help you out yeah absolutely and, right and i think there are a lot of lot of things in groovy3 i mean like you know the new palette parser there are a lot right. of extension methods added i mean uh you know it's it's much much better and much improved and you know I like it more now. So. Yeah, I mean, as as developers, we always see the parts that aren't quite done yet and things we want to work on, but this is a very powerful framework with many developer years of experience behind it, and a community that's more than happy to help you out in in any attempt to work with it. So good luck, you know, and, and hopefully you will find your own use cases and be willing to talk about them in public as well. Uh, okay, well, let me just wrap everything up and say thank you all you know, very much for coming. I appreciate it. And we'll be in touch. And, and maybe you'll even you know, hear from people who might even listen to this particular Groovy podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us, Ken. Okay, take thank care. you for having us. Yeah, it's a good, yeah, good catching up with you. Definitely. Bye-bye.